on the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are investigating a murder among an evangelical sect with Ben Aldridge in The Long Call on ITV, doing a little community service with Stephen Merchant and Christopher Walken in The Outlaws on BBC One, and finally, fending off an alien attack in Apple's Invasion, which, let's be honest, was always going to be the next thing we had to deal with after the pandemic. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that is heading into the West this week for not one, but two West Country shows. Now, obviously, being a pair of middle-class Southeastern twats, neither Boyd (laughs) nor I could make out really anything of what anyone was saying, so we did the only sensible thing and turned to our very own West Country correspondent, Swindon's Reckoning, the one, the only, Beth Webb. Now, Beth, do you feel that you've really come into your own this week? You've found your niche. This is why we have you here. Ear. Ear. Oh, sorry. I'm not yeah, being oh, funny. That's right. <laughs> when I saw <laughs> Mr. Frodo, <laughs> both Brizzle and Devon on our uh, program lineup. I the only know. annoying thing is that Invasion could have had a segment set in the West Country as well. It almost I don't know what they're talking about, yeah. to be yeah. honest. I mean, they, maybe they're still... Have you seen it all yet? Uh, not all of it, perhaps. Well, I mean, maybe. Yeah, the final episode. Maybe. I'm almost certainly a set in Swindon. Maybe the apocalypse begins yeah. in Swindon. Yeah. It's I this country with aliens. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes. Thrilled. Ex- Thrilled with the representation this week. Extraordinary stuff. Extraordinary stuff. Now, as we get on to what we've been watching... I'm going to throw down the gauntlet to Boyd Hilton and say, I watched the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that that Beth (laughs) set for us. Did you? No. Oh, my God. I completely forgot. I was so... um, Full disclosure, we... we, Earlier this morning, we recorded our succession special. We did. Mm. And um, my excuse is that I spent much of Monday interviewing the Succession cast. You did. Much of Tuesday preparing for our Succession special <laughs> and watching other stuff and I totally fucking forgot. Even though someone reminded us on Twitter, I totally forgot about the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. Yeah. So there wasn't one corner of your 157-inch television that you could spare <laughs> no. for no. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I totally screwed that up. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. How was it? Well, so... <laughs> Beth, Beth, first yeah. of all, I would ask you a question and that's... Imagine... You're talking to someone who knows nothing about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This shouldn't be a stretch for you. Um, what's good about it? Pitch it to me. Like, what's the appeal? Oh, no. I, Let's know hear it. I see the trap that you've set here, James. <laughs> and also, and, and I will say, do you know what? I actually went and watched that episode again afterwards because I was like, I want, I want to see, actually, I want to try and pitch you it through both of your eyes. So uh-huh. I went and watched, also, it's 20 minutes long. I'm sorry, but it's 20 minutes long. Yeah, boy. But- what are you playing at? <laughs> Is it literally 20 minutes? It's 21 minutes. It's 21 minutes It doesn't even reach the standard US sitcom length of 23, 24 minutes. 21 minutes. Wow. I mean, okay. Um, I think it's the wrong episode for you to watch because... Now she tells me. Because it is a definitive episode. But what makes it definitive is the the fabric of the rest of the show. And I... do you know what? I'm I'm getting upset now because I'm like, did he not listen to me last time either when I said that the whole um <laughs> the whole fabric of the show is just every opportunity that these people get to I mean it's like it's not a stretch from succession to be honest, except instead of it being New York's elite, it's Philadelphia's like scum of the earth who run a pub. Um but any chance they have to undercut each other betray each other are violent to each other they do it and that that is the whole premise of the show and then this kind of diamond in the rough is is this extraordinary uh, spectacle of an episode which actually shows some some 
rare heart of humanity, but they're egregious to each other. This is this is this is it. Look, he's blinking patiently. <laughs> like this is the whole point there. They're, they're egregious to each other. They're so terrible to each other, and that is that is it. It's back in my kind of gasp laugh brand of comedy, in that you're like, I can't believe these people are doing this to each other. But you were building this up so you can tell me what you think about it. So I'm going to just just pass mm. that to you. <laughs> I'm going to say it was an odd choice of episode, ending as it does with a six-minute interpretative ballet sequence in the rain. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting. No, um, I feel it, like it didn't feel representative of what I consume is the whole show. Yeah, um, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that probably goes without saying. I didn't like it. Um, because, like, so Danny DeVito is hateful. Yeah. Absolutely hateful. Yeah. Uh, I did not find the humour funny. Um, Rob McElhenney's character seemed quite like likeable. Like, he didn't seem awful at all, which is nice. And he's great. And, you know, again, I, I was with my Mythic Quest hat on. Yeah. I was finding it difficult to, to find sympathy for him. But he he was quite good. But, you know, when he's talking to his dad in prison and trying to come out, I felt like... This feels like well-worn territory. This does not feel like we are breaking any boundaries here. You know, he's having difficulty doing that. And then Danny DeVito is trying to get him to dance on, like, a float in fetish wear and sticking all manner of things, including, like, dead animals up his nose to staunch a nosebleed. I was like, is this is this this uh, thing humour I've heard so much about? Because I don't understand it. Um, and then you get to that finale, which... I mean, like, so he, he goes through an epiphany. So Danny DeVito's character, world. whose yeah. name, I Frank, Frank, it's Frank, Frank, it's Frank. Yeah. He goes through some kind of epiphany yeah. watching this. And to be fair, like Rob McElhenney, he genuinely, like that man can dance. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. very impressed with the ballet on a technical level. <laughs> and so I guess I enjoyed that as a slice of ballet in the rain. Yeah. But I can't say I enjoyed the comedy packaging right. that it came in. Yeah, don't don't watch the rest of the show. Just don't do it. I can't help like. feeling, Beth, that, that you may have failed me on this. That no. in picking that episode, you may have misstepped. No. To be fair to Beth, wasn't it? I think I suggested initially that episode because I'd heard about it and, yeah. I, and I was aware of it being... <sighs> oh, so it's Boyd's fault. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think it was necessarily Beth. I think Beth kind of went along with it, but I don't uh. think it would necessarily have been your first... It anyway. all becomes clear. I remember bringing it up because because I, I, that, that episode is I, I was aware of it. it's a thing yeah, and I was aware yeah. to some extent of the interpretive dance element mm. of it yeah. as well, which I was quite fast. So I just wanted to see it. I was like, oh, I, I want to see that episode because it sounds weird and unusual. And yeah. so yeah. It, I I think you know I was I, I I was fully aware that it was a weird, unusual element within the whole. It's always something in Philadelphia universe. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like you should have been aware of but that. But I as feel well. like I feel having watched that. Oh no, I I'd never be no like, surprised no. by how little I'm aware. Of things of course but 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 it, this one like i was in watching it i i feel like from what i saw around that that my hatred for the main show might be quite extreme. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm not yeah. joking when I say just don't watch yeah. it. Yeah. That's why we want you to watch it. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to reaffirm yeah. your general... Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. certain that yeah. is not a show for me. They're, yeah. they're so. just hate us to each other, but I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> That's not the only thing I watched this week. That's not the only thing I watched. So I have started Squid Game. I finally bought hey! Oh, I'm three Whoa. episodes into Squid Game. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost in macrocosm, like an example of that in Media Res thing, where you have the first episode, which is like into the action. And then the second episode is three weeks earlier. Do you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. well, it isn't literally, but you know what I mean? Because it takes you out of the action and gives you a load of backstory. Second episode, oh, quite boring. And then it's not until the third episode that you think, oh, actually, 
Like now, now it's hooked to me. Like the third episode yeah. is what grabbed me. Until that point, I was like, I don't understand. I mean, this show looks beautiful. It's got a stunning aesthetic, uh, but it's not captivating. And then the third episode, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see what's going on. Like it's actually quite intriguing. I think one of the main reasons I struggled initially is that the your sort of central character is quite aggravating, and I, oh, yeah. I didn't like him because yeah. he's very caricatured and stupid and over the top, yeah. and I didn't like that. Of course. Uh, but now that they've broadened the cast out a little bit, and you've got the more interesting characters, like the North Korean defector, I like her. I want to yeah. know what her story is. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you've got the cop as well. There's lots of stuff going on. So actually, I was like, okay, the old man, okay. the old man, yeah, the old man yeah. who's my great as well. Fascinating. Um, wait till you get to um, <laughs> tug of war and then marbles. I mean, the marbles okay. is the one. Marbles okay, is marbles is the one where it turns. I would say from yeah, a kind of a, a really good, strong, interesting show with an incredible premise yeah. to. A, a, like a jaw-droppingly emotional, okay. devastating thing. Because Honeycomb is where I'm at at the moment. Right. I've just done Honeycomb. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, that's, that's yeah. quite... I mean, it's quite brutal. Yeah. But it, brutal is the word. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I will say, so I attempted initially to multitask, so I did... I'm sorry... I am Captain Lowbrow. I'm not going to lie. I turned on the dub. I turned on the oh, dub. I went full dub initially because <laughs> I thought I thought I thought I'm going to go dub. I'm going to go no. dub because at least that way I can check Twitter while I'm watching it. So, look, oh but but God. it lasted am... all of about three minutes because, and I will say, and I can't speak to the Korean translation, which apparently is terrible. Funnily enough, you don't. You can't speak. To I can't Korean speak to that. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, can't, I cannot Korean explain to you. But the dub is uniquely awful. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's so bad Yeah. in that way that, right, you know when we talk about animation and I talk about the way that the thing that bugs me about animation a lot of the time is people don't fucking talk like that. It's yeah. so mannered and so over the top because you can see that they're acting in their little booth and they act in their little socks off without any physicalities. They put it all into their voice. And I think the thing with animation is you have to tread that line. It has to be slight, like you can't do like Sebastian Stan in What If and do a slightly low energy as if you would in the film thing because it doesn't work, it feels flat. She needs a little bit more life, but it can't be over the top so it's man and caricatures. You've got to tread a very thin line. Yeah. And I think that like the dub on this is so ridiculous ridiculously over the top. It almost brought to mind some of those awful, you remember like back on, well, before Beth was born, but back when they used to get sort of like TV edits of like Beverly Hills Cop and like, you know, mm. where they would they, yeah. they would dub in over the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but with a voice that sounded nothing like what yeah. it was supposed to do. And it was really, really over the top. It, it sounds a bit like that. And also- Mother loving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Muddy funsters. <laughs> so that's mm. Harry Enfield. But yeah. But, but in this, so I always feel like if you're going to have Korean characters, even if you're going to have an English dub, maybe have Korean with Korean accent yeah. so it gives you that immersion I don't need a Texas drawl you know it's like what are you doing <laughs> with this who like, has a Texas drawl I don't know but it's American <laughs> accents like, so the main characters it's American they've got American oh voice actors God. doing it and I just thought you know let's have a like can we split the difference what? can we have a little bit of verisimilitude yeah. so it's in English but with at least like believable accents which don't completely take you out of it anyway so long story short the dub did not last and I ended up going back to the original Korean which is clearly where I should have started yeah. in the first place Bong Joon-ho would disown me um <laughs> So I've got into it, and now, 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 and like you know that mm. now I've got past that ridiculous yeah. thing. Yeah. Now, now I'm into yeah. it. But I, my question for you, that incredibly long <laughs> sort of winding build up, was to yeah. ask this thing: Squid Game is a fifteen. What the fuck is up with that? You, you is an eighteen. Squid Game is a 15. <laughs> you has some murders in it, yeah. and it has a little bit of sex in it, yeah. but it's not what I would call particularly extreme well, squid game is horrifying yeah. and it's a 15 it's interesting you bring that up because there's a whole there's a whole moral panic going on as we speak about how kids are watching it um and you know some apparently in 
I mean, did you read this in the Daily Mail? Is this what's happening? Yeah, well, I read it online, probably from the Daily Mail. Obviously, I don't read the Daily Mail. Um, But there are reports, I think, probably wrong reports of kids reenacting elements of it in their playgrounds. Obviously, they're not shooting each other. They're not shooting each other in the head. Yeah, exactly. So, but that is has become a bit of a thing. But. I am. I cannot explain why it's not eighteen. Yeah, that it sounds. It doesn't absolute. make sense. I, I, I issue. I always thought that Netflix was very, very reluctant to give anything an eighteen certificate. Yeah. From you know their really bloody, gory film yeah. horror films to to whatever Squid Game. So I didn't even know that you was eighteen. Yeah. But now you said you is eighteen. That is extraordinary. That is that ridiculous. is surprising to yeah. me because I would I would just press forward instantly on the. I guess the reasoning might be that the violence and the manipulation of things in in you is quite not relatable, but more grounded in reality. But then the life that Squid Game has taken on through social media, through TikTok, the way that they've, they're have they recreating the games as, as a kind of extension of social media, which young people are on so much, you would think that there would be a, a, yeah. a stronger set of guidelines against that. Plus, yeah, it's pretty horrifying. I mean, it's really upsetting. Yeah. Like, just the mass slaughter of people in it. It's... The honeycomb one. I mean, oh my God. yeah, the, the, the presenter I was speaking to about it on, on Five Live, one of the 50 million times I to talk about the show she, you know when she describes the violence as cartoonish I was like fair you know it's 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 not dribbles of blood it's sprays of blood coming out but it's en masse it's point blank mm. range and it's it's all around you the honeycomb one was one of the more startling things for me more than the the kind of more subtle emotional kind of kills um, but yeah it is it's fucking brutal. It, it is a lot. I'm, yeah, I am surprised by that. Yeah, I think that it, it does show you that I think Netflix is a law unto itself. In every, in every, like you know, mm. they yeah. they grade their own things. They give them their own certificates. They the whole the whole interesting thing in the Guardian about the ratings thing. You know, this whole idea that 120 million people or ever have watched Squid Game, where in fact they've actually watched the first two, two minutes, minutes of the first yeah. episode. Yeah. You know, all that. Well, we'll so, get into that in news because there's a whole thing to talk about. There, right. isn't there? Yeah. Um, but the other thing, I, funny enough, I'm glad you brought up Squid Game generally. And even though Beth is sick and tired. Because she's talked about it on every radio and TV show in the world. Um, one thing that was brought up, which I didn't mention last week when I said I finished it, which I've seen a lot of people tweet about, is the episode with the VIPs. Yeah. Right? Which you haven't got to yet. No so I won't spoil it. But all I'll say is there's an episode where, this isn't a spoiler, there's an episode where um, American characters arrive in the show. Right? Yeah. Presumably in the dub with Korean accents. Who knows? Right. Well, so these are actual American ca- characters played by English-speaking um, actors. Mm. And a lot of people have said that it ruined the whole fucking series for them because um, that they they are really clunky. They the, the, Basically, the acting performances are odd either, which, depending on which viewpoint you take, <laughs> just shit. <laughs> or if you're being kind, like I would be. Deliberately heightened. Deliber- right, exactly. <laughs> Deliberately heightened. Now, um, Jamie East particularly, of um, who, you know, of uh, Holy Moly fame, such a, he does podcasts, I think he's doing a podcast at the moment about um, Succession. He said that it 100% ruined the whole series for him. This, this, it would be interesting what, what your reaction is. Right. It didn't for me at all. It ruined the no. series for me. But you know what I, my, what I took from it, and then what's brilliant is Stuart, Stuart Heritage in The Guardian actually tracked down these actors. Really? Whom, yeah, who, may, who play the VIPs. Oh, fair play. Which, yeah, fair, absolute brilliant thing to do. Um, and he wrote a feature on what they said, and it totally backed up my theory, which is I think the whole show is a, cu- a Kubrick fest because the music, they got music mm. from 2001 in mm. it, and there's music from like two or three of his films. 
and the whole way it's shot and the whole kind of the style of it and the visuals, etc. And the acting style is very, very cubic, particularly Eyes Wide Shut. And remember Eyes Wide Shut, when they go to the mask orgy, there are Fidelio. weird, right, weird mask blokes yeah. just talking in the most stilted way. Yeah. And that's what they do with the VIPs yeah. in this. So I took it as a literally just a tribute to Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. And there is mention of the Kubrick tribute element in this article by one of the actors who points out, yeah, it's right. all Kubrick related. And the performances in Eyes Wide Shut are often preposterous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan Cumming yeah. in it. Do you remember Alan Cumming uh, in the hotel? Uh, Ludicrous yeah. performance. Yeah. So I think that's what it is part of. So it didn't ruin it at all for me. I thought it was quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, but it has for some. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to you when you get to that bit. Uh, I, I look forward to it. I've been ploughing on with you as well. So I've been watching them both. So I'm like flipping yeah. between them. I, I go, But the thing is, I go to you, the hard 18, for light relief once I've watched an episode <laughs> of Squid Game. So yeah. Netflix, we need to talk. Um, but what have you guys been watching? Just a brief one for me this week, because yeah, I was I was mainlining Succession this week for our Splinter special, and I've, I've nearly just lost complete. If Squid Game did make me lose all faith in humanity, that has. Mm. Uh, so I went and got it back by watching uh, the second season of Stathlet's Flats again, because I know we've got a third upon us, um, and it's just it's just one of my favourite British shows in in a and I and not in a long time. British TV has never been better, really, in my eyes, but but I. Adore Stafford's flats so much, and the heart and soul of that show, paired with just such a wild brand of comedy. I mean, we're not reviewing the new season, I don't think, but we certainly are fans. No, on because this side because of the, our, the host is a monster. Hang yeah. on, who? Hang on. I did not veto Stafford's flats. You did not suggest Stafford's flats know, until I, basically yesterday. I blame myself. I blame so myself. it is not down to me. Yeah. I, I still maintain I would never let a flat from Staff, uh, or indeed watch an episode of the show. But I did not veto it, listeners. Yeah. Do you know what else I love is how well that show is done in America, given that. I, I recommended it to a friend who lives in New York and he was like, I don't know what the words are that just left your mouth. Mm. I don't know what a, a let is. I don't know what a flat is. I don't know who st- what's ah. a staff. <laughs> and I suppose my accent as well doesn't help, but staff that's flat. He was like, what's a flat? What's let? Like the fact that it doesn't, you know, it's a very British premise to the point where it could be quite alienating. Um, and it's still done absolutely wonderfully. Um, so yeah, I've just been watching the second season just to bring me back up. Well, now you've mentioned it. Now I have to admit that I have watched the first episode of the new series yeah. because because um, I love it so. Yeah, and, uh, and so even, so we normally cover this in what else is on the what else is on section of the end of the podcast. But I often think that means anyway that stuff gets kind of you know slightly overlooked. And it, but I let me say right now the first episode of series three of Stuff Let's Touch is fucking amazing. <laughs> and it's because you know remember at the end of the last series stuff. Um, one, one woman's pregnant with his child yeah. and another he's in a kind of snoggy relationship <laughs> with. That's and a great term. A let's snoggy say, relationship. <laughs> let's just say that pandemonium, as the child is quite is due to arrive, oh. is hilarious, beyond hilarious. And the other brilliant thing is the whole business, the whole flat-letting business is now entirely ensconced within the flat, one flat and they all have to kind of vie with each other for space oh. in the living room. And that is inherently hilarious as well. So even though we didn't review it, not only because um, James is a fascist dictator, <laughs> uh, but I forgot to mention it in the initial list. Um, yeah, but it is brilliant. That starts on Tuesday at 10.15pm, which will, maybe I'll mention that again and also on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the other thing I finished, um, Only Modes in the Building, which I mentioned last week. Yeah. And I'm going to mention it again because the last two episodes were on this week. Yep. We were a week behind Hulu yep. in America. Hulu. But credit to um, Star on Disney Plus, they put the last two episodes out um, this week and they did not disappoint. Ah. What a 
I cannot. It's in my top five of the year, definitely. Wow. This series. I mean, I love Steve Martin and, you know, um, everything about the whole setup and Martin Short. I love even more than Steve Martin, probably. And Steve <laughs> Gomez, I like as well. But just the combination of the three of them, and by the way, an, 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 an extraordinary cast of supporting characters are all fantastic as well. Um, but it's just a brilliantly written and conceived show and it's really complex what yeah. what it's trying to do and yet it does it so light the lightness of touch i'm not going to repeat everything i said last week about it so but just to say it absolutely did not disappoint and it was it was it's a fantastic piece of work altogether i might i mean i said it's a seasonal watch we are technically autumn now so i might just crack on with it because as yeah. well we're going to have to start our end of your lists pretty soon i'm sure so that's going to be uh yeah, exactly. to try out for me i also watched this week Again, this was the algorithm just feeding me, just mm. shoving it in my face because it's bit. It came out earlier this year. I don't know if you reviews it on here, but Love Life with Anna Kendrick. Did you watch this? I'm not even looking at James yes. here. <laughs> Waste of my time. This was on. Yeah, this was on BBC Two. It's on. In, yeah, in the, yeah. In this, in in the UK, yeah, yeah. And kind of late at night, or BBC One, or BBC late at night, and was slightly overlooked. Yeah, I did. I think I did mention it, but I don't think we reviewed it properly. Yeah, I can't no. imagine why. But yeah. it was on iPlayer, <laughs> uh, and it's this wonderful uh, Anna Kendrick, who I adore. I think I think she's not been given enough good parts, to be honest. And then she she takes the lead on this. Just blocking the view here. Romantic, serialized uh, New York story about this this young millennial woman again, just staring at the floor and not anywhere near James. Uh, and the people that she encounters, the partners that she has, it's narrated by Leslie Manville, which is just a wonderful little touch, I think. But then it's got all these amazing performers um, who I can't name right now. Uh, but they're all. It's just a really lovely, nuanced um, kind of love story that takes place with this great performance from. Anna Kendrick who is just Anna Kendrick in this essentially just jittery mm. and has this sweet loving energy to her uh, but they're doing a second series with William Jackson Harper in the lead so she's ducking out he's right. tapping in uh, William Jackson Harper of uh, The Good Life is that what it's called? Oh my god, what's it called? The one where they go to heaven and hell and The Good Place. The Good, good place. place. Oh god, he's correcting me on a on a cheerful Yeah, American on a comedy. Sitcom. I like the good place. It's one of the few <laughs> comedies. I mean the good I life is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, yeah. let's not forget that. With Flick Kendall and Richard Bryant. Yes. Not that one. Uh, yeah. but yeah, they're doing another another season with William Jackson Harper as the protagonist, which I'm looking forward to seeing. But that was it was really, really lovely. Uh really enjoyed it. Um and would recommend to anyone that's not James. <laughs> I, I I resent this. What, what, and what is it you think I wouldn't like about it? Though? Well, it's a comedy, isn't it? It's, okay, it's, it's got <laughs> light elements of comedy. It's it's all to do with kind of the nuances. Actually, you liked scenes from a marriage. Maybe you. Yes, I'm a massive soppy twat. Like I like all sorts of these things. Uh, like you, yeah, yeah. I think oh, I, I like relationship dramas. I'm all into this stuff. Oh. Very, yeah, no, I'm I'm. It's like it's only the comedy that would put me off. Jokes, no. It is like but, a different uh, date every week, isn't it? Isn't that? Is that it's a different the, different sort of chapter of her love life. Of love I life. think so, I would like this. Yeah, you might like it. Shit. Okay. Yeah. I, we did. We did, I did mention. I can't remember why we didn't review. It. I think we just didn't. It was quite late. Mm. Kind of arrived late on the. Almost on, certainly your fault. Almost yeah. certainly my fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a bit like High Fidelity as well, wasn't it? <gasps> yeah. 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 So I wish you really liked. I love. To be fair. Oh, you yeah. might like. So I think you. I think you might like. I don't it, want yeah. to take How did you? How were you reminded of the existence of this show? By the way. Did oh, you the, the big fat fucking yeah. algorithm. The algorithm. Like I did with Gossip Girl. It just went on on my new massive telly, and it was like. So it's on iPlayer. On iPlayer. Yeah. Whole things on there. Oh, good shout. Yeah. It's really lovely. It's got uh, Jin Ha in it from Devs, who I really liked. Yes. Um, he, he plays a lovely love interest in it. Uh, just really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Well, we are not going to take a listener question this week. And the reason 
we are not going to take a listener question this week is because the BBC finally published the BBC Culture list of the best TV shows of the 21st century, to which all three of us contributed. So I thought rather than us answering a question... Let's get into this. Let's get into, A, this list, but also, they also published our individual lists. Yeah. They publicly shamed all three of us (laughs) by putting our lists live as well. So I feel that we need to justify our own lists and also comment on the BBC's list. Where should we start? Where do we even begin? Do we look at where they put, I mean, we shouldn't go through the whole list because there are literally a hundred shows yeah. on this list and oh, we don't have that kind of time but should we look at the top 10 should we look at the BBC's top 10 yeah. so yeah. now a few few ground rules here which we discovered when we were voting this is only for shows that began after the 1st of January 2000 so yeah. it instantly disqualified two of the greatest TV shows of all time including the greatest TV show of all time The West Wing but also The <laughs> Sopranos and neither <laughs> Sopranos nor West Wing were eligible for this vote and a lot of people have been like what why these are not on the list it's ridiculous there is a reason for that they were disqualified on a frankly unfair technicality anyway so with that aside the top 10 in reverse order are at number 10 Succession yeah mm-hmm. I mean this was on mine quite high um and we've, I mean, we've exhausted it at this stage because we did a big spoiler special on every. Yeah. We have. Let's not yes, talk exactly, about. Yeah. 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 If you want to know what we think about Succession, just listen to the Succession podcast. We we definitely don't need to go into that again. Right <laughs> at number nine, at number nine, The Office UK. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I liked it at the time. I've seen things that I think are much better since, and my relationship is that I like it a little bit less now. Wow. wow. Number two in my list. So yeah. um, I, I feel personally responsible. Not on my list. You won't be surprised. <laughs> no, yeah. no one's surprised about that. Uh, Have you ever even watched it? I've watched, I think, one episode right. and died. There you go. Died, yeah. died a hundred deaths and crawled yeah. under the sofa and c- realised I could never watch another it one. It is cringe comedy yeah. the ultimate. Can't yeah. do that. Can't do that. And number eight, The Americans. Yeah, which a lot of people are very happy about, yeah. and um, quite rightly is. It's, it's we've talked about it recently, didn't we? Mm. Well, I'm watching it now. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, right. I'm I'm in my first watch through. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So, 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 number seven, the leftovers. Yeah, this very was high happy on about mine. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Yeah. That was yeah. that was surprised by how high that was. Like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like, yeah. I put it high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think they did. I didn't th- yeah, think they did. Great. So I didn't think. I always think that not enough people have seen the mm. leftovers. But I wonder whether, like, it's one of these things like the wire where critics have definitely seen it. Yeah, and appreciate yeah. how amazing it is. Yeah. And this was so, a poll of critics. And this was a poll of critics. <laughs> so, we should say that this was a yeah. poll. Many, many critics from many yeah. countries were polled for this list, yeah. including us three balance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at number six, my favorite show. Yeah, I may destroy you. Yeah. Now I have to. Issue an apology here. Oh. You forgot to put it on your list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fine because it's made it into like, made it at number six. Thank you. Maybe if you'd have included, yeah, it, if you'd included it, be higher. <laughs> but I, I feel like I've let myself down, and I've let the 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 backers, the anti James backers of this podcast down because the number <laughs> of times I call him out on this, and yeah. what happened was, and I will put my hands up fully. It was a, a manic week, and I actually sent this just after the deadline, panicked. I think I did pretty well, but it's when I look back and I was like, I've forgotten one of my favourite shows and it would have been incredibly high. So I'm thrilled it's done as well, but I feel I've personally, I've let myself down and I've let this podcast down. You have, I think that's And fair. so I have to just issue a formal, formal apology. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, I'm sorry, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> she does listen. She's, yes. She yes. does. Big fan of mine in particular. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I made sure you number six. And, and that's interesting because, look, I won't say... 
100% that when you and Terry used to say this is going to be among the most seismic like pieces of television in history people are going to look at this one there was a part of me that might have been rolling my eyes a little bit when you were doing that a part of you I mean but no, we didn't notice you rolling I, your fucking I, eyes I, I feel that King yes of new words. I have been Jesus chastened <sighs> I can I can accept that I was wrong and that's the highest most recent entry isn't it like 2020 it is, it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 yeah do you know I think we got the first interview with her for that because it was the first one. Right. I did it in yeah, did. March last yeah. year, and it was still called January twenty second. Yes, yes. So it wasn't even called it then. But I think we got first one. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. And I remember um, reading your piece and thinking, "Oh, this is going to be incredible." Yeah. Um, because I kind of vaguely knew the premise, but then the more we found out about the premise and the ambition and the boldness of it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of it. Like, there are very few, very few shows on this list are as current. A Queen Gan- Queen's Gambit is at number 100. Mm. Obviously, that's 2020. And Mayor of Easttown from this year is in there as well, around the sort of mid-mark, I think. Yeah, 66. There and I go. guess but, Succession is a number 10, yeah. which you already said. Yeah, it's, 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 it's current, yeah. Yeah, it's going. current. It just didn't start now. Yeah. But uh, interesting there. Right, at number five, we're into the top five now. At number five, Game of Thrones. Now, this surprises me, not because... Because I think if you ask the public, this definitely would be this high. I, I'm surprised yeah. by how many critics put it high. Yeah. Because mm. I did. I mean, I whacked it right up there on my list. But I'm a nerd and I embrace that fact. I would have thought a lot of critics, knowing that their list would be publicly named and shamed, might have been a little bit reticent to put something mm. like that on there. Yeah, because... And this... I put Mad Men incredibly high on mine, which we'll get to in a minute, but it is not the most consistently great show. And that's very much the case for me with Game of Thrones. And I'm so worried you're going to start talking in a second. So I'm going to keep talking so you can't get This is my filibuster. Well done. <laughs> but I, I obviously adored it. I got caught up in, you know, I loved being one of those people that cheered when I, uh, you know, drops the knife and, and all the big reveals. You know, I was there as part of that moment and I enjoyed being part of that moment. I'll be honest, since that show finished, I've barely thought about it. I've barely thought about mm. it. Um, and like they say about what's the, the Avatar? They said about Avatar, don't they? Have made no cultural imprint or whatever. That that he's like making five wanky. sequels. Oh yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I would buy that. But yeah, I know what you mean. I'm thought. I, I was surprised mainly because these last season was supposed to be such a total bust. Generally, like that's the I mean, general. That, I think we have, we have well. argued against yeah, that. Like yeah, like we we have challenged that. We have challenged yes. that rightly, and I and I don't agree with it at all. But um, but I but I thought that was been such a critical kind mm. of massive opinion that if that the last season was a complete disaster. Mm. That I was surprised it was so high yeah. for that reason, but yeah. I'm glad. I, you know, I didn't. It's not in my top ten, but I'm I'm glad to see it there because I did I did love it. Yeah. At number four, Fleabag. Yeah, again, I'm surprised it's this high, but I, was, I voted but, for it. So yeah, so presently. So and I think that was, might this is the only be... show in all of our top tens, isn't it? Um, Fleabag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think that's maybe what's put it is because it's probably quite low on absolutely everyone's yeah. list. Yeah, everyone has it on there. Yeah, yeah. and it's, but it's, it is. You know, and I don't think it's just on there because oh, everyone has to include. Like, it's genuinely brilliant. Oh, like, it absolutely is, it's magnificent. Yeah, 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 and lasting, and has made as much as a of a of a cultural impact. I think so. I think that is yeah, definitely that is fantastic. It was K- Kobe from um, from various podcasts pointed out on on Twitter that we that, that was the one choice that we'd all voted for. Oh, bless yeah. him. Yeah, good old Kobe. Yeah. Um, now we're getting into the top three, and I think the top three here really 
to my mind at least distinguishes this from a public voted list because Breaking Bad comes in at number three. Yeah, uh, and I like this doesn't surprise me on a critic list. It maybe would surprise me if it was a public voted list. I would have expected to be honestly. I if you'd have I, I would have put it in this top three. Not necessarily in this order. I knew this would be the top three. Yeah. And I didn't vote for any of these shows. Really? Partly because I knew they would be catered for in the top three. And I know... But also, a were genuinely, you tactical voting, Boyd? Is that what you were well, doing? Well, I want to. It's sl- it was half tactical voting. I, I'm admitting it now. I knew. I, I just knew because these are the critical darlings of these are the canon. The canon of yeah. TV drama yeah. is The Wire, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and The Sopranos. Now, yeah. Sopranos wasn't and Sopranos wasn't was allowed. If, that, if we'd have been allowed to, it would have won. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it would. you, it would have won. won. Yeah, and I, and I. But part of me, do you know what? I've I've never watched these three shows back since I watched them the first time. So I watched all of these shows yeah. pretty much play out. The why I think I got into halfway through season one as it aired in yeah. this country live, so to speak, on TV. But certainly Mad Men and Breaking Bad, I watched them the start and, you know, I loved them. I think Mad Men got better and better as yeah. it went by about season two or three, maybe. Breaking Bad, phenomenal right from the start, I would say. And I love them all. I think that I admire and I think they're all fully deserving of their places but do you know what I, I have no urge from what you're saying about Game of Thrones it's not in your mind I have no urge to watch go back and re-watch any of these things any yeah. of these three that three whereas I regularly re-watch Shows like Fleabag, The Leftovers, The yeah. Office, Succession. I re- so that was my. That's the basis for yeah. my. When we get to our list, but you know, fair enough. But I wonder, re- for me, like rewatching stuff, rewatchability for me is the key, really, about my, you know my certainly my favourite shows and the best shows. And I, I don't know, maybe people do go re- go back and watch The Wire constantly. I do. Do you? Do yeah. you? Oh, that's interesting. I've watched okay. The Wire through a few times. Have you? Oh, okay, I love fine. It. And, that, mm. and people do definitely rewatch The Sopranos. I know that. But yeah. so, but that's my... never rewatch The Sopranos. I've been oh. meaning to. Yeah. My badder binge is I still them, coming. Your badder binge. I watch them when they pop up every now and then on Sky. I mean, Sky Atlantic shows them shows it kind of on a constant loop, and often later not. I'll, I'll watch an episode, mm. yeah, and which and they, and they are brilliant. But that's my general feeling about the top three. <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, I, and I'd be interested to know how people have approached this because I'm sure, like, that's how you've approached yours, and you've you've put forward other ones that you would sit down and watch again with me I'm very much I'm driven by things that break boundaries and things that I form (laughs) selfishly form like an emotional attachment which is part of it I mean yeah, but but for me, it's 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 the significance, the cultural significance, where they've they've just presented something completely new. Which is, I mean, we'll get into this in the review section. Some things have disappointed <laughs> me that they've vastly not done that whatsoever. But yeah, the the kind of uniqueness of what they're trying to say, the diversity, the voice, and then yeah, me having this emotional. Oh God, the Bellin test. I've I've adopted it. <laughs> you have. Yeah. The oh. Bellin test is now the litmus test to which all shows must be measured. Uh, Jesus. Speaking yeah. of Bellins, and number two, <laughs> Mad Men. Mm. Now, I've never finished Mad Men. Wow. I don't like Mad Men. Whoa. It bores my absolute <laughs> tits off. <laughs> I just thought you are all uniquely awful, awful people. Except and I think the men are. But let me just say, like, Elizabeth... Elizabeth She's awful, too. Peggy's awful. She doesn't start awful, but she becomes awful, doesn't she? You know it's true. She becomes a bellend. She does. She does. She does. She does. She has... There are moments, but not... I don't think they're all awful. I don't think they're... I don't think... um, it is a moth- I don't think they are all awful. No, I think Christina Hendricks is a goddamn saint. Yeah, she is. She is. Joan is, Joan is the defining character for me on that show. But um, 
I loved it. That was my number two on my on my list. Oh. I uh, it did wane by the final season, I think, but I I adored it. I think the writing was incredible. The 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 scene about nostalgia where John Hamm is talking about nostalgia as part of a pitch. I thought the ending was quite devastating. Where you think he's got out and he's actually been sucked back the into the last this episode. Kind of, brilliant. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I agree with you. The last season wasn't spoiler. But, <laughs> yeah, the last episode is, is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Well, um, fine. Let's uh, let's move on then to number one. And I imagine everyone has guessed what it is at this point. It is, of course, The Wire, which to my mind is, was, and will always be the only choice for this because David Simon's masterpiece is, is exactly that. I, I, I can't, there aren't words to describe. Like, I always say it's like The West Wing is my favorite TV show, but The Wire is the best TV show. Like, that's I, Even mm. I will accept mm. that The Wire is better than The West Wing because I think, you know, y- you can you can look at the, the the sort of the fact that it's layers of substrata of Baltimore society, the way every season is a commentary on a different part of that society. The fact that the characters are so believable, the fact that he doesn't make any attempt to pander to his audience. It's just like, you don't follow it? I couldn't give a shit. Like, I always think, like, David Simon, who's quite abrasive on Twitter, like, that persona, (laughs) is quite abrasive, um, that persona he brings to that is almost what you feel watching the show, that he has no interest in whether you keep up or not. He has a story he wants to tell and a message he wants to get across. And if you follow, brilliant. If you don't, whatever. And I love that about this show. And to your point, Boyd, about rewatching it, one of the joys of rewatching The Wire is because when you watch that first season, I would say for the first two, three, maybe even four episodes, until the fuck, 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 fuck scene, you know, until that... Mm. It, it's very inaccessible. You don't yeah. understand who the characters oh, are. You? you don't understand what they're saying because they make absolutely no attempt to explain the kind of street jargon that they use. And you're just like, what is happening? And I think a lot of people, like Terry couldn't get into it at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, that's incredibly bold, but also slightly mad. <laughs> um, but once you get in, once you crack it, it is wonderful. And re-watching it, I obviously got it from the first second of the first scene. And I loved those first episodes, which I'd never really enjoyed the first time around. And just so many wonderful characters and being part of that world. I remember every time I watched this, you get to that final episode, that beautiful ending to, let's be honest, the weakest season of it. But And just being bereft at not being a part of that world anymore. It's, it's, it is magnificent television. Absolutely magnificent. I'm going to have to watch it, aren't I? Oh, yes. <laughs> going to yeah. start watching it. See, I now realise that all of that sounded really passive aggressive, like as if I was looking at Beth yeah, the whole time. Basically. I had for a moment there completely forgotten that you've never seen what the BBC has just announced no, as the greatest TV show of the 21st century. I know. Why? Explain yourself, Beth. I've already gone through it. I went through it when Michael K. Williams. I just, I just feel like there has to be a time and a place and a state of mind to give this everything that it deserves. Um, I should have done it during lockdown really I was about to say if only you'd been at home with just the TV for a long period (laughs) of time so I went down this Sopranos rewatch route because I I don't know why and then I was like when my cookie when he was uh, passed away I was like okay I'll I'll finally start watching the thing Uh, didn't because then I had to watch 20 billion hours of everything else for this podcast yeah Uh, but no I am just going to watch it I'm just going to I'm probably going to watch it tonight I'm probably going to go home tonight well I think I think we've set your homework essentially it's what we've done haven't we you need to start watching the world we could never get Terry to do it because she absolutely wouldn't but uh, but I feel that I feel I feel you'd like it yeah Yeah, I mean, I'm not Terry White. I'm not doing like, you know, running a, a small feminist empire <laughs> and raising a child. So I've got literally no excuse. You have the time. Yes. It's all, it's interesting, isn't it? This top three, though. It's very doody. It is. I it's mean, very doody. I'd say that for it. Mm. Um, I mean, The Wire is very, very doody anyway, itself. I think if you, I mean, if you certainly, you know, if you compile a list of the characters, there aren't that many women 
are there? Who... There are a few great female parts there in are... it, but you're right. It's it's very yeah. much a sausage yeah. fest. It's a sausage fest. So, mm. I, mean, I mean, this is not a reason to to. Um, I'm not saying that in any way undermines it being its position at the top, but I just think like all three shows: Breaking Bad, this. Um, and yeah. The Sopranos is another classic dude show. Yeah, I mean, these The Sopranos is a family. You know, it's very much focused on the family, and there's you know, there's Carmela, or there's the shrink. You know, mm. but I, I think. I don't know. I just feel like, well, certainly I think that probably affected my vote. This is my personal thing, you know, yeah, is, that, is yeah. that there's a whole, you know, I mean, it's, I guess there's a whole element of culture that is <laughs> flawed, kind of bell-ending men, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, you know, anti-heroes. Yeah. These are all shows yeah. with anti-heroes, yeah. Yeah. aren't yeah. they? 100%. And I'm like, come on, you know, I mean, put it this way, thank fuck Fleabag's at number four as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know what the breakdown, the demographic of the critics was. I'd assume that they would have tried to make it quite oh, evenly sure. split. For yeah. sure. Um, but, yeah, I know. Well, let's look, look through the broad list. Before we go into our own list, let's look through, are there any other sort of surprises on there? Twin yeah. Peaks to Return is number 13. That's deranged. Um, <laughs> but that, no, well, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I know you hate it, right? But let's not deranged forget. Deranged because it's not within my personal taste. Yeah, yeah exactly. That is exactly. exactly classic. Yeah. It is deranged because yeah. I personally yeah. do not like it. So right. Whereas, in fact, it was the number one thing of the year in Sight and Sound. It was well, the number yeah. one oh, film yes, of the year in Sight and Sound. And if that wasn't the most pretentious thing they've ever done, I well, don't know what is. Well, there's a big list of pretentious things I've done. <laughs> I don't know sure, sure if it was, but it was definitely um, hugely critically yeah. acclaimed. And I love—I I have to say, I fucking loved Moon's yeah. Return. Yeah. It was potentially in my top 10, but didn't, didn't like it. It was in my top 10. Bojack Horseman at 11. Yeah, yeah. An animation. Me. Our animation. An animation. Uh, also, what it beat. Like, it beat Line of Duty. Yeah. It beat... Mm, um, yeah. uh, it beat The Handmaid's Tale. It beat... Yeah. Friday Night Lions. It'd be it'd be everything. Crown, I'm really, yeah, yeah. really surprised by that. And I watched all of it, and I liked some slash half of it. Uh, that is, and not just because of my personal taste, because much of but because like I'm just I'm just astonished that it quite had that read on people. It has become. I I watched it um, kind of last year uh, because it had become reached such a cultural yeah. kind of apex or whatever so much so that it's getting quoted in succession of course get, yeah. get, I'm going to get the Bojack right I love this side by side <laughs> yeah. as well yeah exactly so I, I am aware I think that it's become like a it's definitely entered the stratosphere of cultural stuff yeah. that people refer to and it, and it is really good I, I, it's a good point I should mention my friend Sophia who is known as Queen Guna on Twitter said this she's tweeted this week I want to put myself forward as the pilot TV animation reviewer because I feel like those of us who do like animation are missing out on proper reviews for these kind of shows well, that's completely granted and I, I sit firmly in the animation camp one of the um, storyboard artists from Bojack Horseman did an amazing amazing show called Tuka and Bertie which I really really love and I think that is doing more interesting things than Bojack Ooh, Horseman interesting interesting but I mean, Bojack Horseman is brilliantly written, and yes. I would say that for it. some of the the stuff in it, the dialogue in that show is fantastic a lot of the time. So I, I was really impressed with it from from someone who, obviously, famously, we're all fa- <laughs> us us lot are famously animation stupid, animation ignorant. Except Beth. Did, Except Beth. No, no, I've got yeah. you. Yeah, I'm just pointing, sorry, yeah, me and you. Listeners, yeah. I'm pointing at me, me and yes. us we. too, yeah. uh, along with previous previous co-hosts. And Terry. And yes. legend <laughs> Terry. Um, but I did really actually enjoy watching Bojo Awesome, generally enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Um, so, but I was surprised it's at number 11. That yeah, it's, it's high. Yeah. yeah. Crown at number 16. That's boring to me. I'm sorry. I know it's very, very, very good, but I, th- I find it just such a boring choice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Boring, a boring choice or a boring show? Watching the show? A boring choice. Okay. 
I think it's just uh, <laughs> it's just boringly good. Like I, I, if it's like a boringly good, is this so? Like, I think the last series was the least was the least boring because when you bringing Thatcher and Diana in made it mu- made it a lot more thrilling for me. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a big element of why it made it in this high. Of course, I think that series was particularly kind of entertaining. Yes, from that point of view. I'm yeah. not. <sighs> I'm not saying it's bad at all. I just, I just think sure. it's obvious. I guess in what we're yeah. trying to say. Whereas yeah. I, it, it's an obviously very good, very powerfully performed show about the monarchy. Whereas I prefer something like The Great, which is like outrageous oh, and great fun is great, yeah. and black yeah. and has great performances yeah. and doing interesting things. Chernobyl at 15. I was surprised. I thought that would be higher. I have to say because mm. that that was yeah. universally. Yeah. I thought Deadwood would be higher. That's at 18. That's one yeah. of the classic dude bro top fives, yeah. isn't it? Generally, Lost. I mean, yeah, Lost at 19 seems a bit nuts to me. But what it's high or low? That it's high. Like, oh. I, I thought most people had kind of accepted that <laughs> that went wildly off the rails. But yeah, again, I think it did go. I think there is a, a lot. Me, I think it went off the rails yeah. massively. But I think because it was so influential and bold for, for a network show, yeah, prime yeah. time network yeah. show. Yeah. I think it changed TV. Yeah. I think from that point, reason Just, it. I don't mind it. I think I'm, what it could have done if they'd known what it was about. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, what else? We got better call Saul at twenty three. Yeah. yeah, that's like, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lana Gigi comes in at 27. Uh, at 28, Friday Night Lights, a show. Beth, you should watch that. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we're all saying that. Uh, it's what they're it. all saying. Beat you to it. Beat you to it. I'm going to tell you. I was like, I need to get a little does. Any other surprises? on The Bridge at 34, I'm assuming that's Broen rather than, you know, the remake of The Bridge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which would make that the highest rated non-English language one. Uh, we've got more down. We're what, Borgans what in at number forty. The, the, oh, br- the bridge at thirty-four. Yeah, the Borgans at forty. Yeah. Um, Downton Abbey at thirty-six. I mean, I love a bit of Downton, but really, yeah, um, that is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I love Downton as well. But I, yeah, that's fucking preposterous. Grey's Anatomy at forty-seven. That's, I mean, people love that show. Though. But it's I mean, just a, a show that's gone on for a very long yeah. time. But I watched, and I, like, I watched. I think the first eight seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Let's you? not mess. I, I genuinely did. Wow. Like, I watched a lot oh, that's of Grey's Anatomy. That's amazing. Amazing. And I enjoyed it, but at no point did I think it was good. No, <laughs> like, do you know no what I mean? Point. Like, it's a no guilty point. pleasure. Yeah, but that's that's nuts. A uh, fifty-one, obviously, a film which was interesting. <laughs> we'll get to that when we talk about your list, Beth. I think we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll soon get there. What are all the shield? Oh, small yeah, axe, small axe, small axe. A selection of films. It's fine. Um, what else is surprising you, boy? As we get down the list, uh, I tell you a couple of things that surprised me. Dark a fifty eight, which is yeah. the weird, freaky Netflix, the German one show. Mm. Um, I was surprised that was in there so hard, but I know it does have its its fans. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I, mean, I didn't expect yeah. to be on there at sixty one. That, that is extraordinary. That must be an online campaign of some kind. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the fact that those are higher than you know the OA, which is mm. eighty eight. It has to be has to be observed and mentioned. RuPaul's Drag Race. Now mm. that's a sixty-seven. That's the first unscripted thing I've seen on this list. Is that the first one? Really? To the best of my knowledge, I, so I haven't yeah. seen anything above it that's that, unscripted, that's, that's unless amazing. I've missed something. That is pretty amazing. Um, so that's on there as well. Uh, Stranger Things 24, 68, 69. Battlestar Galactica comes in at 70. Um, Gilmore Girls at 72, Beth. Yeah, Planet too. Earth at 73. That would, it wouldn't yeah. even have occurred to me no, to vote for that. that did not cross um, my mind. The original Utopia at 74. That surprises me just because, again, I didn't think that many people had seen it, but it is so good. Uh, Rick and Morty at 76. American Crime Story at 77 is an interesting one because you've got to think, like, are they referring to it as a whole? Are they referring yeah. just yeah. to the OJ season? I think, What's... I think it's heavy OJ, yeah. 
Yeah, because OJ's at eighty one as well for OJ Made in America, which is phenomenal. Mm. I, I, I consider. I, I was thinking about that. I yeah. think of, of all the documentaries, I think that that is that is my favourite. Yeah, that's an astonishing piece of work. Normal people at eighty four. The OA boy. The OA at yes. eighty eight. I mean, at least it's there. Yeah, yeah. it is on that. Yeah. Considering our height is on my list, I think it probably like, you're I'm, responsible. I'm, for I, this. I, yeah. I like 100%. to take credit for that. It's even there. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing on this list I genuinely have never heard of is at 99, Steven Universe. What the hell is Steven Universe? <laughs> I'm not surprised because it's an anime show. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Like, it's the only thing I've not heard of. Very long-standing uh, anime show. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm surprised to see in this. Right. We have we have banged on about this list, I'm sure, long <laughs> enough. Do we want to very quickly go off our individual list and justify what we did? Who wants to begin? I'll go first because I spent such little time on it, so I'm just going <laughs> to run off really quickly. And, and again, I do take this thing seriously. I'm sorry. I was just frazzled and a rush. I'm sorry, Michaela. Uh, Temba's Fleabag. And I was Broad City for me. I really, really, really loved Broad City. Curb Your Enthusiasm at eight. Succession, seven. Twin Peaks of Return, six. <laughs> leftovers at five. What was that noise? <laughs> yeah, what was that? That was, yeah. that was me ex, ex, yeah, expressing my distaste. <laughs> We're beyond words at this point. It's yeah. just like mm. carnal noises. Uh, I've lost my place now. Six Twin Peaks, five Leftovers, four Veep, three Atlanta, uh, two Mammoth, and I did number one Small Axe <sighs> because I just thought if there is, is there a case to be made for this being a TV show? Yes. Can I champion it? Yes. I'm going to do it. It is a TV. It's absolutely a TV show. Don't Steve McQueen refers to them as Films. Of course he does. Yeah, but he made the films he made for TV. <laughs> yeah. He made them expressly yes, to be watched on films. television. <laughs> but do you know the fact we can say it and it and it was shown on a player and, yeah. it, and it's films TV, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I mean it's I, in the it's in the overall list, so there's no yeah. debate. It's a fucking TV show yeah. as well. It's, uh, it's a film, a TV show which is a film. Yeah. And I just I I I will fly the flag for this forever. Like it's an extraordinary, extraordinary anthology made with the most care and patience and wonderful performances mm. and it again broke boundaries which for me is is one of the most important things that a show should seek out to do especially mm. now when we're just like flooded with shows and channels and streaming wars i think something that can really stick with you pack an emotional punch and just just break all kinds of boundaries which is what this has done uh for example by not being a tv show that's, that's <laughs> another thing that it broke down to anyway uh, but. yes so yeah Number one with a bullet, small legs for me. Now, Boydie, like Boydie was was horrified because, like, when when we were doing this, and I said, oh, "Boyd, what you voted for?" And my assumption that all of your list would be unscripted. Yeah. Like, Boy, did you is... put Big Brother at number yeah, one? I mean, what a, yeah, I mean, can you believe it? What an absolute fucking hey, trap! But you yeah. talk about like Big Brother. I, mean, like, I you know, I took all kinds of things. It doesn't mean I think they're the greatest things of all time. No, but I suppose what I, I don't think you should take this as me <laughs> me sort of looking down my nose at your reality <laughs> TV. It's like at number one, Boyd says Brookside. No, yeah. like it wasn't that. I suppose it was more that that I I see you as being this sort of oracle of television being so broad-minded that you would include all of these various things and weigh them up based on their influence and all these things and that you you wouldn't dismiss them as I myself clearly well, would do. Well, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a complete cultural snob like you, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't dismiss them. But uh, no, my favourite stuff is scripted and, you know, comedy and drama. I... I, I I love all kinds of TV, and I, I was interested. Some people voted for um, Gogglebox. I noticed um, was in a couple of people's lists, um, uh, but no, I n my list is 
is scripted stuff. Yeah. Yes, because that's my favorite stuff. I had Happy Valley at ten. Yes, quickly. Um, now, I would, I, what I would say is, I, having watched the first seven episodes of Succession, season three, I would put Succession in my top ten now. I think. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I was think, surprised it didn't see it. Yeah, I, didn't say I, yeah. I considered it heavily, but then I thought it's still going on. Who knows? Maybe. And this was before season three. Maybe season three is going to be a crushing yeah. disappointment, yeah. unlikely as it may seem. Now I've seen it. I'm like, okay, it should be in the top ten. Happy Valley ten. Line of Duty. I think Line of Duty is an incredible yeah. achievement. Agreed. And I've rewatched it, and it works on rewatching Curb Eight, which I think same as you. Um, yes, Beth. yeah. Um, haven't been to see the new series, by the way. Furious about that. <sighs> Seven, I may destroy you because you remembered Sherlock. A lot of people put their um, eyebrows raised at Sherlock. Someone tweeted me saying I was an idiot for picking Sherlock. Why? But why? Why did they? Yeah, it's magnificent. It's magnificent. Yeah. I absolutely adored it. I just it gave me so much pleasure. Um, every single episode, even the ones that were stupid. Um, <laughs> Fleabag at five. The Night of Greatest, mm. the greatest limited series, yeah. I think. You yeah, got a lot of love time. for that. I, saw I did get a lot. Yeah, that was good. Say, that was yep. nice to see. Uh, the it was leftover, on my list. Nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> the Leftovers at three. The Office at two. And UK. The, and office UK. The Office yeah. UK. And I did go for the OA predictably. Well, yeah. pre- well, if anyone knows me predictably. And I do I do stand by the fact that it's one of the most astonishing things ever put on television. And the, the season two climax is the greatest, boldest, most audacious ending to a TV series ever. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm pr- and I, you know, and even though I, you were asking whether my vote was tactical, and not in, uh, not including The Wire and those shows and Mad Men and Breaking Bad, I genuinely prefer these shows. I think in the end, I, I stand by it. So yeah, fuck, fuck those shows. No, they're brilliant, but yeah, they're not my. That's my pick. Yeah, yeah. I scored two hits with the BBC's top ten. Two of mine are in identical place to the ultimate list. Yeah, which I was quite quite pleased with. But I began at number ten with a little show. The Boyd and I have seen called Friday Night Lights. It's very good. <laughs> uh, I, I went, this joke will never end, never ever. End. Uh, I, um, I, I went back and forward over my number 10. I struggled with whether I wanted to put this on the list. And I wonder whether if I hadn't recently done a rewatch, it might have been something else because it really might have been. Uh, you know, I toyed with State of Play and all sorts of things. I c- couldn't work mm, out what I wanted play, to do with yeah. that because I think that's probably the yeah. second best that's limited series. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, number 10, Friday Night Lights. At number nine, The Night Of, which, as Boyd said, is unbelievably good. Uh, at number eight, Fleabag. At number seven, The Leftovers. Number six, The OA. Boyd was disgusted that it wasn't higher. Uh, at number five, The Shield, which I love so much, I can't even tell you. At number four, Battlestar Galactica, which didn't get anywhere near enough credit on this list. I mean, it's on there, but it's not high yeah. enough. And then my top three. At number three, as with the main list, Breaking Bad. Right. And number two, not Mad Men, obviously. My number two was Game of Thrones because it's... And again, like I may have seen it again recently, but I will go to bat for that show like in terms of scope, in terms of ambition, in terms of everything it achieves, the feels, just that is definitely my number two. And then my number one, obviously, is The Wire, as as with as with it seems everyone else. So, um, yeah, The Wire at number one. Fair enough. People complained that Doctor Who wasn't in there. I don't think Doctor Who was strictly eligible because I haven't checked this out. It's not. Yeah. It wasn't eligible. You know, it wasn't no, eligible because, because it literally started when it started the 60s, in the sixties. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think people thought because it was the reboot officially. Yeah, who knew who started yeah. in this century? Right. But that's not enough well, for this list. I think it, it, it was. Discounted. That's an interesting conversation because whether or not it is because if you look on some of the the TV wikis, like they do treat it as a separate they do, show. Yeah. 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 I mean, it isn't. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't think I don't consider it to be. Separate but it's show. kind of like the show was essentially 
just just sort of like kickstarted again, wasn't it? it yeah. There was a gap, and yeah, then exactly. it started again. But it is the same I, thing. That's why I didn't consider it. Yeah, because, and, and, yeah and I knew it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So but people, people have been asking that a lot. They have. That is true. Well, that was uh, our incredibly extended discussion of... Uh, <laughs> that was like a podcast just, special. We should have done a podcast special. Like we've got no time to do anything else now. Yeah. Um, fine. If you do want to look at the list, it is on the BBC website or Google it. I think we've all tweeted about it at one point or another. So, excellent stuff. Now, let us very hopefully quickly uh should we talk a little bit of tv news there's been some news that's happened this week let's uh let's start with why the last man why god why um why the last man has been killed by hulu it will not be returning certainly not on that service it has been cancelled eliza clark did tweet about this so she was absolutely gutted she's never been more committed to a story in her life and she's hoping that they will find a new home for it some people have muted hbo max as a possible destination for this show um now i was reading up on this and that as something it seems to be less to do with viewing figures and more to do with retention of cast in that they because the production was so drawn out because yeah. they recast it you know Barry Keoghan dropped out they had to get in Ben Schnetzer rightly or wrongly uh, you know the, the monkey was being a nightmare I don't know but uh <laughs> But for, for instance, so they the had to keep monkey. paying large sums of money to extend the cast contracts. And I think at this point, it came up for renewal again. They needed to extend the cast oh. contracts and they elected not to, you know, lay down the millions it would require to do it and instead opted to to cancel the show. I have to say, I'm up to date with Why the Last Man. I've been watching it. It's good. It's not great. Right. I think it has the potential to be great. Right. But it's taking its sweet time getting there I think I'm not loving it as much as I thought I would initially and I, I part of it is I think the the, the Yorick factor you, you're gonna the why right the last bell end thing because yeah. he's very unlikable he's unlikable as we've discussed in the comics but he's really unlikable in this Okay. and I've struggled with it but it is really interesting and I think it asks really interesting questions about gender and roles in society and the very fabric and the strata of our society I think there's there's a lot to get into Yeah. and I kind of not to be uncharitable, wish they'd maybe do more of that and spend less time titting about in Costco, which quite frankly has <laughs> been the last about. three episodes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so I mean, do you think this is a big loss? Like, how do you how do you feel? I didn't continue not and because this is my life now. Like this is this is a bit of an adjustment coming into pilot because I've watched so much television and I, I'm also a film journalist as well, so I'm balancing the two. So much as I would really actually like to carry on watching it, I just have not had the time. Uh, that's not to say that I don't think the episodes that I did see weren't incredibly spirited and I really enjoyed some of the breakout performance in this especially I wasn't as put off by um, Yorick as you were James uh, I kind of liked the soppiness in him and that he is a Walking Smith song um, <laughs> and like just sympathetic in that respect well, maybe the best description um, I've ever heard <laughs> uh, but I think we're in a time now where perhaps we can not worry too much because I cull the herd is that what you're saying no in that I feel like somebody might just step in I think again because of the shape of streaming now unless it's something really shitty like what happened with the OA like what happened with Glow I'm still pretty salty about what happened (laughs) with Glow because Mm. Glow would be coming out around now I think or in the next few months and I still would very much have enjoyed watching Glow now Mm. I think they made the wrong call with that and what's worse they weren't able to pick up anywhere else I don't know what the deal is with Netflix I'm sure you know lot more about it than I do. They're not inclined to let people pick them up. I think when they kill it, they kill it. Yeah, it's very hard. Whereas I I feel like here, Hulu will happily sell it on to someone else. Exactly. So I 
think whereas it is a shame and it is a shame, especially given, you know, Eliza made a point of saying about the cast and the directors and the crew and how, you know, it's it's setting the bar for things like that. I sincerely hope that it's just going to be a case of passing hands and not like a, mm. a Netflix Glow OA situation. I hope um, so. I would yeah. like to see more of this. I really would. Um, I get the sense that, I mean, I really liked the, the first episode and I kind of, quite like I did like the the next couple that I watched but I sl- I don't feel I have a huge compulsion to yeah. carry on watching it and I feel like viewership's probably tailed off a bit Costco kind of I'm telling you Costco <laughs> nobody needed yeah three so, episodes in a Costco and let's just say that I've had quite a few approaches from you know people working for the channel to, to, to write more stuff about that series and, I, and then you get this announcement in the middle saying it's been cancelled and I think yeah. oh you know there's there's a reason for that Yeah. That, so I, I'd be surprised if anyone picked it up actually because they see people do see the figures for these things I wondered if it has if, but, if the if, if, the, if the number of views has tailed off that dramatically yeah. that says something but it's a vertigo property and you know DC's natural home is yeah, kind of HBO maybe, Max maybe. so I mean I, I think it was so brilliant that first episode that yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know I, I would be happy to see it just peaked very early, yeah. I think. But, but like I say, it's not a bad show. I have been, I have been enjoying it. Let's let's hope that it finds a home. I think that would be good. Um, but you alluded to this earlier, Boyd. There have been some Netflix discussions about how they rank their shows. So they talked a little bit about uh, Squid Game. So Squid Game, according to their metric, which is their old metric, which is again, as we said before, if someone walks past a house in which it is showing, that counts as a view. Um, Squid Game racked up 142 million views over the first 28 days of release and kind of to put this into perspective that is nearly twice Bridgerton mm-hmm. nearly twice so Bridgerton was the highest rated this is this is Pitt Bridgerton it is now double more or less so Bridgerton's 82 million so we'd game 142 million I I mean that just it, that, I can't I, I'm actually lost for words yeah. as to how this Literally has become the phenomenon it is yeah. so that's the first part which I think we've talked about before how this has become mm. the phenomenon that it is all but I've talked about they are now changing the metric aren't they it's going to be now uh Less about that two minutes of viewing time, which where, the, where they've always hung on to, and now it's going to report the number of hours watched in the first twenty eight days of release. Do we? Is this going to be more accurate? Is it going to make any difference? Is it just as arbitrary as the other one? I what think do we think? I mean, uh, this in itself, because for so long they wouldn't give us anything. Mm. Like we didn't have the top ten, did we? That that ranking, they wouldn't give us even this. So mm. the fact that they're now starting to whittle it down, it just shows the sheer magnitudes that they're working on now. Like they they have to start giving out data with these things, mm. uh, and the two minutes. Yeah, I mean. The way that news works, they are just going to pull that headline. And I feel like people really do only care about that headline. But it's more stark now. So if you look at the old metrics, 142 million views over 28 days. Yeah. And then Bridges and 82 million views. If you yeah. go by the new metric, Squid Game has accumulated 1.4 billion hours of viewing time in its first 23 days. And Bridgeton's still in second place. And that's only 625 million. So it's actually more than double. Bridgerton now. I think the good. I think the the second metric, the new metric, is much is at least a reflection of actual engagement with yeah. the program. Yes, the, yeah. which is important. Two minutes of yeah. a thing yeah. Yeah. means that, nothing. That's literally just saying that you have been affected by the hype and mm. um, also auto plays. Literally auto plays. Yeah. yeah, right. You can be so on the menu screen and see two could, minutes. It could barely be more meaningless is that what <laughs> yeah. that, that is the metric and now they've got a new metric which means something yeah, it, but yeah. I think yeah. I think I, I thought that piece in the Guardian about uh, I don't know if it was about the Guardian about the whole idea of Netflix you know 
telling us their their ratings effectively mm. and how meaningless that is 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 I, I I agree with it because basically they don't have to because they don't have advertising and it's completely not in any way affected by advertising whatsoever mm. yeah. that it's just completely irrelevant to them so the only but the so the only interesting thing is is the how the comparison is you're right is the fact that so many more people have watched Squid Game than Bridgerton that's the interesting thing yeah not. Yeah. You know, the, the, take the pinch of sort the actual numbers, all the rest yeah. of the numbers. But within the in the Netflix universe, what does well and what in, in relation to other shows that that is interesting. How many of those one and a half billion were children? We should ask the Daily Mail, find out, and, <laughs> yeah. and subsequently putting their their classmates oh through gosh. Squid Game trials. Yeah, who knows? I mean, when a show is watched by that many people, then you can have a moral panic um, <laughs> yeah. coming along yeah. instantly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right. What what else has happened in the world, people? Has there been any other news? Um, I'm just going to mention one thing that you're going to probably take out for the final edit because oh it's... A... <laughs> Why do you do this to but, me? Sorry, but I really am fascinated by it. There is yeah. the prequel series, right, to John Wick. So that is newsworthy. Ah, yes. yes. The Continental, yes. starring your friend yes. and mine, Mr. Mel Gibson. All I'm going to say is, don't worry, James, I'm not going to wish you on about it enough <laughs> and call him an anti-Semitic, um, abusive bigot that often. But let's face it, if you want proof that the so-called cancel culture yeah. it does not apply when yeah. it comes to Hollywood fucking stars, the fact that Mel Gibson is still working and, and going to be a key cast member of this huge, big project, The Continental, which is a three-part Stars Channel prequel to John Wick, then this is the proof. That's all I will say. You can cut it out if you want. No, no, I wouldn't dream of it. I <laughs> wouldn't dream of it. Fucking Mel Gibson. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, there's just no excuse, is there? <laughs> there's just no excuse. How many other people would be really great for that role? Oh, I mean, Thousands. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, oh, let's I just say that. that. And the other thing I was going to mention was, have you heard about the show Extrapolations? No, it's fun oh. to say. Okay, so this is just to say that this is, of all the, this is a Scott Zedburn's climate change anthology drama series for Apple TV+, Plus. but this is the cast. Meryl Streep, Sienna Miller, Kit Harrington, Tahar Rahim, Matthew Reese, David Diggs, Gemma Chan, David Schwimmer. Could they not get anyone good? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, fucking hell. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's a thing that's happening. Probably be watching that one then. Yeah, I think, um, we'll, I think we'll watch that one. I'm sure there's other news out there. I'm thinking, let's just move on anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. right. as we enter this podcast 15th hour, I'm saying we should probably <laughs> yeah. just skip on news. I'm sure if you need to find out what's going on in TV, you can Google it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> right. I say that every week. <laughs> it's true. But still. Let's move on to this week's reviews then. And uh, first up this week, we have Invasion, which is Simon Kimberg's rather low-key look at aliens attacking the Earth on Apple TV+. Who wants to take this one? I'm looking for I volunteers. Will. Boyd will. Boyd, what did you think of Invasion? Deep breath. <laughs> I was really looking forward to this. That's uh, This is where I will begin. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the the stuff, Simon Kimbo X-Men films. Yep. And, um, Were you? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I visited the set of one of them years ago. The one that had um, Kelsey Graham in blue. Oh! Yeah, that's the Brett Ratner one. I'm sorry, that's that's the Brett Ratner. Oh my god, talking of, talking of cancelled people. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, so I have a fond history with with the X Men. <laughs> some some of them, some some films are better than others. But I, when the when this was announced, this whole um, idea of doing a big epic science fiction show about an invasion of aliens, basically the War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, but 
but very now and covering lots of different characters across the world in kind of disaster movie style. I've mentioned before on this podcast that I love disaster yeah. movies. I love Independence yeah. Days and the, you know, which is, well, you, basically the whole format is you meet a collection of disparate characters who are all going, uh, steadily being affected by the same huge, huge disaster, whether it be a global thing like Independence Day or a towering inferno or mm. a an upside down ship in the side of adventure. I just really like disaster movies and that whole format. And this is basically, is it 10 episodes? I think a 10 part disaster movie writ large where you're following a disparate group of characters from all different parts of the world, America, Afghanistan, soldiers in Afghanistan, London students, kids, students in London, um, et cetera, et cetera. And an alien invasion is happening and you're seeing it through their different perspectives. And all I would say is, it is no War of the Worlds. <laughs> and even War of the Worlds, which which we reviewed, I think we maybe did we review both series? I think we, we did. We did, yeah. Years, the yeah. War of the Worlds and War of the Worlds. Right, which was on um, Fox Channel here, and then yeah. it moved to... This has more in common with that one. Yeah, yes. Star, yeah. Star, Star And it does have a lot in common, and there are a lot of similarities. I think both, the idea of both of them is that it's kind of showing what would it really be like, you know, in, in as gritty mm. and as as realistic a, a style as possible, that's the, I'm saying the theory of these shows, of that show and this invasion, um, rather than making it a kind of cheesy, over-the-top kind of thing, like yeah. Independence Day in 2012 and those films that I love. Yeah. So this is trying to be a bit gritty and authentic, and, yeah. sh- and, and it's holding back on showing. So we don't really see the aliens. I, I've got in, I've, halfway through episode three, and you know it's being, it, you, you see glimpses of things, of spaceships and aliens and things happening, and there are certain patterns that are trying to, people have kind of almost deafened by horrible things happening in their ears, mm. and other people just seem to drop dead without much reason, and it, bad things are happening on a global scale, yeah. and we're seeing them played out through the eyes of these different characters. I just think it's unbelievably, preposterously <laughs> slow. Yes. Every yes. scene goes on for five times as long as it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Every major occurrence in these first few episodes that I've watched takes way too long to yeah. happen. They repeat themselves um, again and again and again. Like, yeah, we get the idea that the boy in this pops up in episode two in London, the London set stuff, is bullied and, you know, has, you know, has kind of fancies one of the other girls and that, that's like, takes ages to play out and then weird creative choices in the show, right? So this, this the London-based element, which is basically like a kind of kiddie sex education kind of thing playing out. Um, and the guy who's in charge of them... Um, uh, Tom play, Cullen. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Tom Cullen, who I love, who's brilliant and everything from Weekend, etc. Yeah. Like, there's that climaxes with a thing, I won't spoil it, a thing, a big thing that happens, and then it cuts from it, and it doesn't go back to them again for, like, hours, and then you have to wait till the episode three. Meanwhile, the really boring characters, one character's having an affair, the family where the dude's having an affair and the wife knows it and there are two kids, they are unbelievably tedious and yeah. Yeah. and annoying um that there are the, the soldiers in Afghanistan like if you want them you know alright there's interesting things to be made about American soldiers in Afghanistan I don't it's not saying anything interesting or new in the context of this show but the decision making is just weird there are loads of reaction shots like heavily Steven Spielberg style influenced the kind of thing you get in Close Encounters and indeed in his War of the Worlds which I maintain is a brilliant brilliant film hmm. which does everything this show does 
in, in two hours and this is still grinding <laughs> on for ten. Uh, you know how Steven Spielberg will show you the rea- the sh- a, a reaction shot yeah. before you know what they're all looking at yeah. and yeah. you'll see a, a whole car, a, a array of cars looking at something astonishing and then he will, the reveal will be a massive gigantic alien or a massive gigantic tripod thing or hu- huge big spaceship in closing hours. In this it's like nothing. Yeah. You see go cuss to their massive reaction shot and there'll be like a murky corridor on a spaceship maybe you're like oh what are they fucking surprised and shot and stunned about <laughs> It's nothing in particularly <laughs> shocking at all. It's incredibly underwhelming. It's my bottom line. Yeah. I was astonished yeah. by how underwhelming it was. Yes. My I'm gonna step into old man shaking fist at cloud mode here <laughs> and say TV these days is too TV these days is too long. Television is yeah, too long. Of course. Um it was my main qualm with Queen's Gambit. I didn't need to see eight, nine hours of that. And I certainly, and I will not be seeing 10 hours of this fucking show. Oh my goodness. And it's not even, so the first episode of this is, it's interesting. We're talking about why the last man, because it's essentially the same thing. It's essentially trailing a bunch of characters in various different positions, various different ethnicities, various different, uh, you know, gender, sexualities across it, you know, and then this event starts to happen that kind of sets it all off. But what happens with Why the Last Man is that you are emotionally invested with these people. You're curious about these people. There's stuff you don't quite know about them yet, but you want to find out more about these people. I've, I couldn't care less about a single person in the show in kindness. Um, that's not to say it's not doing an awful lot for diversity, but it feels like it's doing it for diversity's sake. So it's for the sake of having a queer character, for the sake of having a black soldier in Afghanistan. Because there's nothing to these characters, especially. I wrote in my notes, like, video game dialogue. In it, you know, it's these very almost, like, clunky interactions. But I feel like even video game script writing has gone on boundaries. You know, things like The Last of Us. There's real emotional connections and and power behind these people and, and what they're setting out to do. But this just felt like box checking. Um, the little boy, the bullied little British boy got on my fucking nerves. Casper. <laughs> um, Casper, <laughs> the bullied... Lad, also who's an amazing artist, of course. Who's of course an amazing artist? Another shake my fist at the cloud moment. Can you just let kids listen to music from their own age groups? (laughs) Like, just let kids (laughs) listen to their own shit. Like, don't like they don't all have to listen to Dookie and Green Day and Nirvana or like you know like Otis in Sex Education and his vinyl collection. Just let them listen to to whatever the fuck BTS or yeah. Just allow that little bit of BTS in there. Like it, it, it really irks me when like these kids have to listen to like essentially the showrunner's favorite bands yeah. because like yeah. that's that's apparently all they're, they're mm. capable of listening to. But they, they just feel like no character development, no emotional stakes. Again, this was my issue with. Um, I've even forgotten it. I'm sorry. What's your one? Your other Apple one that you loved? What foundation? Yes, the magnificent foundation. <laughs> oh, steady. Which which you know was epic and spoiling. It did wonderful things with visuals, but again, you, you it's just shadows and, and insinuation to begin with. No, and, the shadows are from Babylon 5. <laughs> and and just not an, enough emotional drive. Even the, the heightened drama of some of the trajectories. So um, Gold Shifty for Farahani, who was in um, the Adam Sandler film. 
with Jim Jarmusch, Patterson, she was in. And I really enjoyed her in that. And in this, she is essentially a, a, a wonderful, wholesome woman and wife and Harvard Medical School dropout, which I'm sure I haven't found out yet. I'm sure you still don't know. Three episodes in, four episodes in, why she didn't go to Harvard. Maybe we'll never know. I don't really mm. care. Um, but yeah, so she she's the one who's, whose husband is having the affair and she's got to be there for the kids. And and you would think that would have more of an emotional pull. And, and there really isn't. Um, and they're, they're the boring family. I was referring to. Yes. Thank you for naming them. I, I, I couldn't have been bothered <laughs> to look up there. They move from one bit of their house to another, cowering and shouting at each other, and it's so tedious. Yes. That's the primary plot line. Oh my God. That is 100% oh, the primary threat. Uh, she becomes more weird. interesting when they go on the road, I think, because he's he's banging a foodstagrammer, uh, yeah. and that all kind of kicks off. But, you know, they end up stealing a car and going on the road. Like It, it becomes, she becomes more interesting, but there, there's more to that. I think with these sort of alien invasion things, you can take the Roland Emmerich approach, can't you? You can take the kind of top down, let's, yeah, let's look in the seat of power and let's I'm see things a, yeah. blowing up and let's let's know what's going on. Or you can do what, not to bring up Mel Gibson again, but or you can do what Shyamalan did with signs, which is take a really microscopic view of what happens like from people who are uninformed. They don't know what's going on. They're not privy to what's actually happening and it's the day-to-day on-the-ground reality of what an invasion would be like. And in many ways, it is a more interesting story to tell. However, I think you're both quite right. It rained this shit in, like Christ on a bike. It takes so long to get where it's going. And I get what he's gone for here. Like he's tried to say, well, what we're going to do is, in the same way that The Walking Dead has human drama set against zombies, what we're going to do is we're going to set this invasion as a backdrop and have these individual threads of human drama with their own shit going on. The problem, and I think you, you both touched on this, is that those individual threads aren't really that interesting and the characters don't feel fully fleshed out. So you're like, okay, if this was brilliant human drama set against this this sort of cataclysmic event you know i get quite into that yeah. but what you've ultimately got is some quite dull human drama that's occupying screen time when you're waiting to find out about the alien stuff yeah i watched five episodes of this it doesn't speed up at this point. Maybe the second Whoa. half goes a mile a minute. Whoa. I don't know. But for the first five hours of this, it's this glacial snail pace. <laughs> and you're just like, what is happening? And and they don't mention aliens. They don't mention invasion. For, like it, it, But that's really odd because the prologue of this features clear extraterrestrial input. And that, Again, just threw me completely. I'm like, fine, if you're going to do like, if you're going to delay the reveal, do it, but don't drop it in the first scene and then forget about it for five hours. (laughs) That seems a little bit of an odd choice. Um, So this, I mean, this was this felt like a very me show. It's alien invasions. It's lavish. It clearly cost an awful lot of money. Yeah. Um, But ultimately, it's just a bit boring. Yeah. It it is. It's a real struggle. Um, too long. It, I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I was trying to look it up on my emails. I'm pretty sure it was described in one of the press releases of the show as, in, as playing out in real time. Now, it's yes, not. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. But, but it, it feels, feels like, like it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, we all they knew did. where that was going. I remember really that. Does, yes. yeah. well, did they said it plays out in real time. Yeah. And you're like, I, no, it, it really doesn't. But oh my God, yeah. it very much does yeah. go that way. Like, and not all the characters, like it, they, the drip feed, half the characters are not even introduced until the second episode. Yeah. Some characters you actually start to get interested in then sort of like disappear. It's, yeah, like, I I applaud the effort, but ultimately, I think probably not. Yeah. Uh, But it's not, I mean, look, I gave this three stars, I reviewed it for Empire, I didn't think it was like the worst thing in the world, but uh, will I press on with it? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Um, But that is Invasion, and that dropped on Apple TV Plus on 
Friday, last Friday. So many of you will be in the process of watching that in real time. <laughs> Godspeed. Um, <laughs> uh, next up, we have The Long Call. And you will remember the delightful Ben Aldridge telling us about all this last week. But this sees Ben as a man who returns to his hometown years after having been ostracised by the religious sect with whom he grew up. This time to bury his father, but also to solve both a murder and a kidnapping. It all happens in the West Country. Beth, please translate for us. What was this about? <laughs> um, yeah. So Ben Aldridge, uh, as you say, um, he's Detective Matthew Venn, and you meet him sort of returning to the community for his dad's funeral. Uh, you get a sense some are more pleased to see him than others. And then, yeah, there's there's uh, a murder of a mysterious man uh, with an albatross tattoo around his neck. Guys, there's some significant <laughs> in that tattoo, I will tell you. Um, but yeah, it takes place in this very idyllic, I would suspect quite Brexit-y town um, <laughs> in North Devon, represent. Um, and... Um, but it's more than just a, a ITV detective drama, of which there are thousands. I will say I look forward to the day when we see a detective show where the detective is like, not even just like happy, but okay. Just like okay. But they're not like <laughs> battling with addiction or the death of their child or, you know, detaching from an evangelical cult, like whatever. It would just, just be nice if someone was all right. Uh, but he's he's obviously not um, D.I. Di Matthew Venn. But there's also, you know, you're, you're learning a bit more about the fabric of the community as you go along. Obviously not everyone's quite as they seem. Uh, but but this uh, detective saw thing as well is is uh, so he's gay, he's in a in a same sex relationship with somebody else in the community, which is, you know, something quite new in that respect within this genre, certainly mm. that I've seen, um, and isn't forced in. I hate it, I hate it when uh when when things like this, when you know, when queer storylines or feminist storylines are kind of just shoved in for the sake of it, whereas this is is approached in a really just nuanced, matter of fact way, and I really like that. Um, I've only seen one episode of this, and I'm I'm desperate to see some more because I'm actually really really invested in this community, in these characters, um, and where this goes uh, from here. But he he is great, Ben Aldridge. I'd only seen him in Fleabag. I'd only seen him as an asshole. He's not an asshole here. He's he's very watchable, very sweet. Has a very open face. I'm looking forward to finding out more about his past because again, that's that's also paced in a really nice way as well. So you do start to find out more and more about why he mm. left and and you know the relationship with his father and that he was still going to visit him even though he wasn't technically allowed to. There's a lot of bad blood between him and his mother. Uh, so that's all established in in really well paced ways in this first episode and yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing to I, seeing more of it i found the interview actually boy that you did with him last week fascinating because he comes from a mm. similar background yeah. to his character in this a he very does. religious sort of evangelical i don't whether did you say they were plymouth brethren or similar similar yeah um very evangelical yeah, yeah and yeah. and he too obviously as a gay man had to kind of step away from that so that the parallels here are stark and had nothing to do with his casting either it is unbelievable how many how there are so many similarities with his real life story and the story of the character Matthew Venner completely unconnected because you know Anne Cleves wrote the book mm. you know who writes the yeah. Vera Vera books um, and Shetland so it's just complete coincidence yeah he read the audio book I think yeah, was, yeah. You, you listen to my but I, what I like about this um, this drama as you as you're alluding to Beth is that you know it, this is a prime time ITV drama going out stripped across the week um four episodes and it's and it, and it in, in it's about 
this gay man who's a lead detective and it's about his sexuality and his identity as much as anything else yeah. as yeah. much as the whodunit element which is you know all very well and the whodunit element is interesting you know there's a there's a there's a dead body in in his community that he's going back to but what plays out is that he has this very difficult relationship with this religious sect yeah. this christian religious yeah. sect and that's why without I'm trying not to spoil it but that's but his personal previous life and his upbringing and his sexuality and his identity is all woven into the fabric of the mystery and I think yeah. that's really clever um, because it means that even though so this is the first time as it's established in the interview with, with Ben that we've seen a gay male detective character in such a prominent role primetime mainstream British television but more than that it's also about religion and faith mm. and their frankly you know unwillingness to embrace a gay man um, as it is anything else. And I think that's a real, that makes it, so it's kind of like a character driven, issue driven with that horrible phrase, but not in a, not in a kind of preachy way. Yeah. If you pardon the preaching, pardon the word <laughs> preaching, it's all about Christian religious people. So I just find the whole, I, the whole thing fascinating. Um, and the, and the mystery keeps you going as well. And the, the cast, I mean, you know, as you say, I think Ben, he's great, but Ben is great. Yeah. Um, very, very likable and interesting. Um, you've also got, you know, Pearl Mackey kind of as his number two, he's kind of in, in the, in the, in the um, investigation. She's always great going back to Doctor Her, Doctor Who days. Anita Dobson pops up from EastEnders, could not be more different, you know, from her role in EastEnders. Martin Shaw is the head of this religious sect and he's really creepy and weird. Juliette Stevenson as his mum and the, the scenes between yeah. them, her and him are really interesting. It's just it's just unusual to see this kind of thing. It's unusual to see the religious Christian sect dealt with, mm. you know, in a primetime TV drama, let alone then how it, how it can't deal with sexuality, etc. So I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought he was very compelling for all the same reasons you said. I think there's so much going on here. The least interesting thing to me was the murder mystery. Yeah. Like that, was, yeah. that was the least yeah, compelling is, part of this. That's, that's not to say there's anything wrong with it, mm. yeah. but there was so much else going on here. Like yeah. he's having been ostracized from the community, him going back, why his mother banished him, you know, him trying to get back in to sort of see his father when he's dying. So much stuff going on. And then, of course, the abduction storyline, which comes in, which yeah. is very compelling as well. Mm. But yeah, th and, but this feels really like. I'm glad they're doing this, and you bring this up in the in, in the interview that they're doing this across one week yeah. to make it an event. But like, I got to the end of this episode, and I was like, "This is a hundred percent a night after night show." Like, I yeah, was I was like, "I need to go straight into the next yeah. one." It was that kind of thing you want to just devour it in one in yeah. one sort of weekly yeah. sitting. Um, but yeah, for me, this this is very compelling. Which, oh, I'm very They should have done, I think, with Hollington Drive, Sophie Petzl's show, you know, which only went out weekly. Mm. And I, I, I wanted to, I forgot to mention this in in the what we're watching. I thought the I thought the ending, the denouement of that show, was fantastic. Fantastic! Really, I haven't really, seen the finale. Yet. Yeah, because I hadn't seen either. I watched the first three, and then I, I watched the finale live um, on on ITV when it went out on, on Thursday. And I thought it was a really brilliant solution. Kind of yeah. well, what actually happened was really was really clever. So yeah, I encourage people to watch that. So actually, that would have been a nice one to. I mean, I, I believe mm. Sophie mentioned it but for logistical reasons. I yes. think you know that I, wasn't yeah. a possibility. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm, interesting. Mm. Well, the long call does air on ITV tonight on Monday uh, at. 
I'm going to say... 9 o'clock. 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> what other fucking time would it be I'm going to say 9 p.m. Yeah. It feels like a 9 p.m. show. You would be right. 9 p.m. on ITV. Uh, and the last show this week is competing for that particular slice of airtime, airing as it does also tonight, Monday at 9 p.m., but over on BBC One. So this is The Outlaws. This is Stephen Merchant's new series, which looks at a bunch of probationary reprobates doing community service in Bristol. Thankfully, we still have Beth here for this. Um, I'm saying with this, think misfits, but without the superpowers. Yes, um, some extent. Yeah, that's quite a good, uh, yeah. quite a good um, comparison. Now he created this show with Elgin James of Minds FC. Yes, who, who took over after Kurt Sutter left as well, and co co showed it before, with him before that. Yeah, there you go. This is a really fascinating show because, on the one hand, it is Stephen Merchant uh, doing creating a series of co- comedy characters, disparate group of characters brought together who are all doing um, community service in Bristol, and they've all committed mostly fairly minor crimes, a, a variety of crimes, whereby certainly they're not going to end up in prison. And they are they are doing community service. And at the same time, and there's like so Stephen Merchant's character, for example, is a classic Stephen Merchant dweeby, yeah. you know, kind of a doofus comedy character. And yet at the same time, there are these young characters played by Rian Barreto as Rani Gamba Collars Christian, who are kind of hovering at the edge of dealing with like gangs and um small-time crime in a in a kind of you know urban setting. And I'm guessing that that's where the Elgin James element. I was thinking like Elgin James is in there almost like as an expert on gangland. And, you yeah. know, crime and Stephen Merchant's. You know, this is a simplistic way of looking. I'm sure this isn't the case, but I see Stephen Merchant tapping away, getting brilliant jokes out about, yeah. for Christopher Walken to spout. Who's this character called Frank, who is um, a ludicrous kind of old school, <laughs> old duffer. Yeah, um, and. Um, it's really funny. So his stuff is really funny. Everything that Christopher Walken says is classic Christopher Walken, brilliant. Yeah. And it's astonishing that he's in this show, what wandering around Bristol with Darren Boyd and all the, and yeah. other, you know, etc. And yet there's this kind of thriller element going on. So the last kind of the ending of the first episode, for example, is a kind of little mini thriller thing going on, which I, I thought was very well directed and shot and acted as well. And you really care about why they've ended up, you know, kind of involved in this small scale crime that they, that they are involved in. Eleanor Tomlinson's in there. I, was, I thought she was great, almost transformed from her role. She was in Poldock. She was Demelza mm. in Poldock. She's now playing I, this... I almost didn't recognise right. her. Yeah. She's playing this, yeah. this ludicrous um, but funny um, influencer yeah. who's obsessed with um, TikTok and, you know, being on Instagram, etc. Dolly Wells plays um, uh, uh, Christopher Walken's daughter. She's I, great. She's yeah, brilliant, obviously, in everything. I really enjoyed it. I think I think Stephen Merchant is brilliant at this stuff. I think he's. I think the dialogue is is realistic and yet really funny. Um, I thought it's brilliantly cast. But just to see Christopher Walken, I mean, <laughs> in this context, in this world, is so weird. I interviewed him for Empire, and I was a, what, a greatest one of the greatest opportunities of my professional life. Speak to Christopher Walken, but he loved it. He was like, "Yeah, you know, Stephen Merchant made me an omelette, and I agreed to be in his show." <laughs> and um, you know, I love him for it because it's so odd, but it kind of works. It somehow works. This whole disparate thing. It's a thriller. It's a drama. It's a comedy. It's got just well, walk. That got... is the question here. Like I was playing genre tennis in my head, and I couldn't work out what this was. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I think, no, I think maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't matter. You know mm. that thing that critics always. And I've, I've probably said it myself. I'm sure many times. But you know, tonal shifts and all that. But it's fine. It kind of. I think all the different tones of it come together pretty well. But for me, it, like you've got on the one hand Stephen Merchant comedy, and then suddenly you're watching County Lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and it's really dark. Yeah. And like some something with me, like I I 
found it a bit of a stretch because I wasn't sure where my head was supposed to be at. And I sometimes wasn't sure which emotional strings it was pulling on. So I think maybe I like my stuff to fit in, in neater holes than this because it does defy kind of it really does yeah. identification a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I thought the gang thriller stuff was a little bit thinly drawn, probably because it was lending to so many other genres. Um, I feel like Darren Boyd got all the best lines. He was really good. Yeah, he was great. He's, he's I thought funny. they really saved him as this peak um, bellend. Yes, peak bellend with a heart. Uh, Did he have a heart? Is, <laughs> well, he's like you know, you know. I think. I think this is very charming. I love the thought of Christopher Walken walking around Cabot Circus, going <laughs> to River Islands or whatever. Yeah. Um, in this, I'm sorry, Gabby was unf- I couldn't get on board with her at all. Eleanor Tomlinson's character, I found her like I, I found her awful. <laughs> Which I I think she's, she's supposed, supposed to be, awful, to be yeah. but I don't know what would. I just can't foresee a situation where she's redeemed for me uh, I think it's, it's so wonderfully charming uh, I think the characters are obviously created with the most love I just think I've seen all of this before I've seen mm. the kind of um, this kind of ragtag bunch of, of low level criminals you know you've got Christopher Walken kind of as Danny Ocean he probably does a few kind of slightly less less a shit Danny kind Ocean of, like a shit Danny yeah. Ocean um, charming and it did make me laugh mostly again Darren Boyd seemed, seemed to get the funniest lines and I think he's just in step with Stephen Merchant's comedy a lot more so he's got that delivery just mm. down already um, and I'm glad they've brought in someone else to write the younger characters especially with the, the themes that are being brought in there I just I've said it my thing is I like to see new ground broken that's that's usually a big thing for me um, and it it just felt like it it was quite well worn to me at this stage the stuff that that that's gone on here. Yeah, I'm probably closer to Beth's camp in this in that I didn't I didn't dislike it, but it didn't get me. Part of it was 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 I think the genre thing, but other than that, I just there was a part of me just thinking, yeah, yeah, like this is like misfits but less fun and without superpowers. <laughs> Give me superpowers what I'm saying. Really and, that misfits yeah, I want superpowers yeah. and then I'll be more interested. Look, misfits no, did not have Christopher fucking No, it didn't. It didn't. It's Although, true. you know, again, I wasn't like I enjoyed him. Mm. I did enjoy him, but he didn't make the show for me okay. uh, and and I wasn't particularly invested in any of the characters I know what you're saying Darren Boyd does have the best lines but I disliked him and I didn't really care what happened to him uh, Ellen Tomlin's character again I'm not saying this, I'm not liking this just because it fails the Bell End test it's more just I just wasn't really invested in any of their stories and you know they have this sort of this sort of probationary supervisor who felt a little bit this is Jessica Gunning's character Diane she felt a little bit of an archetype that had been sort of dropped in there and again it felt like a different show like that felt very much like heightened comedy send-up stuff and then you go into this county lines drug deal stuff which is quite bleak and a little bit you know almost upsetting and and i just they felt like like a weird chimera of two different shows yeah. that had been sort of rammed together. Yeah. And obviously it worked for Boyd, so I'm not saying chimera. it doesn't work. A weird chimera. Yeah, the weird chimera. But for me, the weird chimera didn't Yeah, work. I think actually, for me, the, funnily enough, the that weird chimera is what made it different. So it's like, yeah, we have seen these, probably these elements before, yeah. but not in this weird chimera. Sure, sure. And you're, so, not, yeah. you're not wrong. Thumbs up for the weird chimera. Yeah, if you, like Boyd, enjoy a weird chimera, then uh, as we've mentioned, The Outlaws airs on BBC One tonight. 
tonight, Monday, October 25th at 9pm. Now, there are other things out this week which we have not been able to review. First and foremost among them, Boyd, the new series of Doctor Bloody Who, yes. which starts <laughs> yes. on Sunday... Uh, but we were not PM. To. BBC are not let yeah. known. Still in the edit, apparently. Um, yeah. I did try it. I did bother the BBC every day, every hour of the day. Um, but uh, no, so that that does arrive on Halloween yeah. uh, night itself, Sunday the 31st. At Exciting least stuff. We might talk about that next week, possibly. Yeah, hopefully. Um, um, what, we didn't see Curb either. We didn't did see Curb. New season of Curb, your enthusiasm. That's, that's tonight as well. That's yeah. Monday at 9 pm, but they didn't make episodes available to us. They didn't. Um, they did make episodes of Show Trial available, but we would have. To, for us to review that this is the big new Sunday night also starting on Halloween yeah. night at 9 o'clock the vigil one. slot the vigil slot and from the from that production company that makes vigil and line of you so this is quite a big deal but we would have had to delay the arrival of the um, podcast to Tuesday because of the Tuesday um, embargo yeah. review We'd, embargo I have seen it yeah. um, it's very interesting and it's about a, it's about a trial of a, of a, a young woman who's who's accused of leading to the death uh, disappearance slash death of a, of a fellow student and she's an incredibly privileged um, young woman from a super rich family, um, and it's all about is she being judged for a privilege, etc. So it's like legally blonde, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's legally but, blonde three, <laughs> but, a, but a thriller. Um, but it's very interesting. But I can't say what I think of it because it's uh, embargoed. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Oh my god, there's so much this week. Stuff let's flat, which yep. I mentioned earlier. Ooh. Tomorrow, Channel Four, Tuesday, ten fifteen. A bit late, but it's cool because of because um, of Bake Off going on for hours uh, yeah. before it. Temple series Temple two season two on yes. Thursday. I've seen this. I love fucking love Temple I really like series one but series two is a major major step up see this wow. is interesting because I was off the week you reviewed it on this podcast uh, I've never watched Temple oh my god I've never I seen season one Temple. I love Mark Strong Mark Strong and Danny Mays is like the central mm. duo they're brilliant together bounce off each other brilliantly it's a really kind of it's a really interesting quite lavish it was shot in, in lockdown and London looks incredible they've used London they've used the fact that London was empty yeah. to film some fantastic London locations but, so it looks amazing plus Michael Smile and Reese Sifans joined the cast yeah. in really <laughs> Really, really entertaining characters. They are really good. Brilliant. It's just a really well written, well shot, and directed show. So I really, really am into um, Temple. As you can hear me turning leaves of my magazine. <laughs> Insecure is back for its last ever season yeah. on Tuesday on Sky Comedy, and now that's a really good show. <sighs> it's a Ray's show. I love it. I yeah. love it. It's back. It's back. Right. Tuesday. Good. Wonderful. Tomorrow, Lost is Spookies on Sky Comedy on Friday <laughs> is about um, a group of friends who um, turn. It's like a horror comedy thing. They create horror film situations among. Them. It's supposed to be really funny. Yeah, the um, Good Fight the season good fight. five. Yes, comes to more four. I know it's yeah. a hell of a week. Jesus. The, Colin in Black and White on Netflix. Yeah, the Colin which Kaepernick I have seen show. Some of mm. that is the Colin Kaepernick show, which is really weird and okay. interesting. He literally narrates and appears in the show. The real Colin Kaepernick. It's almost like imagine um, like the Wonder Years or what was the one with you know the one comedy dramas about kids, and, yeah. but where they're actually he's actually in the picture looking back at his own life. Like, dramatized is it Young by, Rock? Is yeah, that Young Rock with him there, looking back on it and commenting on it and kind of almost lecturing us on it Ooh. it's really interesting yeah I'm not sure quite what to think of it to be honest but it's that starts on Friday on Netflix I mean there's probably even, what, uh, yeah if we that's broadly it, speaking I, mean, yeah, that's I think, broadly I think speaking. that's broadly yeah most well a busy week then we're saying so I know what best pick of the week is I think <laughs> but go on tell us Beth yeah it's the long call for me 
Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. And the so. same for me as well. Oh, we are unanimous. The long call then, our pick of the week. Well, that is it for this week's show. If you've not already, do download our Succession special, which dropped last week, uh, which not only includes us banging on about the Bellends, but also features some of the Bellends themselves, <laughs> containing, as it does, interviews with Brian Cox, Matthew McFadden, Sarah Snook, Alan Ruck, and Jay Smith Cameron. We are also receptive to your five-star ratings if you happen to be passing by Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if if you want to swell our Instagram followers, then please do so at James C. Dyer, at Beth K. Webb, and at Boyd Hilton. We will be back next week, where I suspect we may well be talking about some of the many shows we weren't able to talk about this week, like <laughs> maybe Curb and Doctor Who, but I am sure there will be other exciting shows in the mix as well. Probably. Anyway, <laughs> until next week, pilot out. <laughs>